up, everybody? We are back. R2C2, another week. It, it's like a whole new deal. Like, we're back, but we're like really back. We had a little hiatus, and now we're back in our new home, see? Yeah, this is nice, man. This is nice. I'm excited. Yeah, man. We're, we're now part of the Ringer Podcast Network with Spotify. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty awesome. I can tell, even just like the announcement being made, had so many people hit me up like, yo, that's a big deal. Congratulations, guys. Like, it, it was cool seeing the reaction from people now that we're uh, we're at this new big league home here. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people have been reaching out and stuff. So, nah, it's dope. I mean, like, you know, like we talked about, we started this so organic. And now, you know, to have this platform, uh, you know, I'm super excited. So this is going to be fun. You know what? It also, it probably means at some point in the near future, you know, We'll have our Will Smith episode for you and Eminem episode for me, right? right? We, were, right? We, we were just waiting for this, man. We got, we got to get on a bigger platform. <laughs> <laughs> we, we needed Spotify and The Ringer. That's it, man. That's, that's, that's what we needed. You know, it's, it's such a wild time. See, like, I mean, it's been great having sports back and just being able to watch these games. And, you know, I, I, I think that for the most part, the networks have done a good job with, like, crowd noise and, like, making it feel real, right? But you see what baseball is going through and you realize just how dicey this all is, man. It's tough. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, obviously watching the NBA, being a big NBA fan, it looks it looks dope. I mean, you know, having them back. The only thing that's bugging me with the NBA is like the you can hear like them running on the court like the feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that bugs me. And it kind of looks like like a like a theater, like the the. The setup of the the actual like state like not stadiums but the courts I don't know it just looks I mean I'm I'm happy to have them back it just looks to be watching like a Broadway show and like they're out there playing in NBA you know what I'm saying like they got the the screens up on the side but like as a fan like watching these scrimmages like I'm I'm so glad that sports is back but as far as baseball man this is I feel like this is gonna be tough like we three games into it and you know we got one team had that got the season suspended. <laughs> like, what does that even fucking mean? Season suspended? How the fuck are we going to play a season with 29 teams, guys? Like, oh. explain this to me, Ruko. Like, wh- what are we doing? How are we going to fly around in a pandemic and play baseball, dog? It was fun for the weekend, but like, for the next three months, how is this going to work? I am just praying that there's not a moment where they're just like, Nah, you know what? We're shutting it down. Like, cause my my thing this is This is the moment, cuz. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, man. This is the moment, dog. Yeah. You know what's funny though? You did make a good point to me. You said, you know, if it wasn't the Marlins, if this was like, you know, the Yankees or the, the Dodgers, Dodgers. Right. Like, would we, instead of just being talking talking about, well, what are we gonna do with the Marlins? Well, where are we gonna put them? Would we be talking about, well, how are we gonna continue the season right now? They definitely wouldn't suspend the Yankees season. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, right. Uh, like, I mean, and then, like, I don't know. I mean, like, they got 11 or 10 guys that tested positive as we sit here right now. Like, you call up 10 guys from the minors? Like, I mean, and then you go expect them to compete on the major league level for, like, a world, like a title that's supposed to count? Like, I don't know. It's just it's this whole thing is crazy. And it was fun for the weekend. Like I said, I watched every game. <laughs> I like film got like I had fun watching baseball this week. Yeah. And you know, we talked about this. I didn't think I would watch it, but yeah. I watched a lot of games. I watched Sunny Pitch, I watched Bauer Pitch, I watched Lester Pitch. I'm like even watching it on my phone, dog. Like you know what I'm saying? Look at like, you. Look at so, you, big fan. Yeah, I'm a fan, but like I just don't, you know, this this the the health and safety of the players, man, it just seems 
Seems like that's put on the back burner right now. But you know, you know. It, it's tough, and I and I get it. Like because it's like, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to just shut it down indefinitely? Because there is no obvious endpoint in sight, right? Like if someone said to us, like, hey, we know definitively October fifteenth, you'll be able to have stadiums full, arenas full, whatever, and play your seasons normal. Then it would be much more sensible to say, okay. Let's wait till then, and then we'll figure out how we can do a season, even if it's like a condensed three months in someplace warm, whatever, right? But it's so hard because, you know, nobody can say for certain whether we finally are able to go back to at least some close approximate of normalcy in two months, three months, six months, 12 months. You know, nobody knows. And so it's like, okay, how do you navigate it as best you can while not shutting down indefinitely. And and, and I get it. It's a re- I mean, it's a ridiculous challenge that we've obviously never faced before. It is. It's a hard challenge. It's going to be really hard, especially just flying around. I think the best solution to this was the bubble. And I think, you know, I think we'll get our NBA, but I just think it's going to be really, really hard to, to baseball. And now, you know, with the NFL season starting and guys supposed to be recording to camp and the rookies already reported to camp, like, and they watching this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I mean, I just don't see how, you know, we, we get back to whatever we want as fans, you know, as sports. But, you know. And, and, and by the way, I also think, like, you know, it, sometimes I talk to different fans and they're like, oh, like, they shouldn't be making the players do this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. A, a lot of players, they want to play. Like, this is how you get paid. This is how you make a living. If they can feel safe enough, it's like that risk-reward, you know, balance, right? Like, okay, well, if, you're a, if you're a player, maybe see, like, at your point in your career, maybe you would say, hey, that's not for me. But if you're someone else, you may say, no, 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 I'm going to take this chance. I mean, just like our guest that we have today. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, he loves to play baseball. He loves to pitch. He loves to be out there and competing. And... He's got every incentive in the world not to fucking pitch this year. The guy coming off a World Series championship, he's got three Cy Youngs, like money in the bank. Comp- money in the bank, but he's out there competing because he wants to. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's where he's a little better than me because my ass to be sitting right here doing this fucking podcast. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> By the way, do you see, man? Like you look, look at you. You're such a. You, you're. I mean, you're a full time podcast host now you're 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 teasing towards our guests like you see how you see how beautiful this is the evolution I mean, of the growth is just, just a layup you know what i'm saying yeah. like you, you throw the alley-oop and i gotta be right there dog. uh I, I feel like i'm i'm like man like i'm just like the evolution it's a beautiful thing to behold <laughs> man it's it's perfect to see it as we make this step to the ringer and spotify i agree though man it's it's crazy i mean i even i got back to work this past weekend doing play-by-play for the WNBA opener, we had double headers, ESPN and ABC Saturday, Sunday, and going to Bristol doing the games. And I will say, ESPN has done an amazing job of making you feel safe. I mean, there is hand sanitizer everywhere. Everybody's in masks. They got specially made masks that are like 90% as effective as an N95, but they're way more breathable. Um, like they really have gone to great lengths. Of course, you know, there's less exposure if you just stay home, right? No matter what. But like, that's a calculated risk, right? Where I'm like, hey, this is what I do. Want to do my job. And my company's made it as safe as possible. And that's where you hope these leagues fall too, right? Where the players can feel like, okay, I'm obviously more exposed than if I'm just staying home. But this is what I do. I want to get paid. And they've made it as safe as possible. I think all the NBA players feel that way. 
You had you know? to go to Bristol to do that that last mm-hmm. game? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the WNBA is playing in Bradenton at IMG. Yeah. But but I am broadcasting right now from Bristol, from in the studio. Ha- have you talked to Sue and like what their bubble is like? Like, because I yeah. know, I mean, Lil C goes down to IMG and I've stayed at that Legacy Hotel and all this. It's oh, super yeah. nice down there. Yeah. But um, have you talked to her about like what their bubble is like? Like what's going on down there? Yeah, man. Yeah, I have. She She says it's great. She was like, you know, and I, I think she was part of the brain trust, you know, from the union trying to yeah. come together and make it, you know, and and she said it's been great that they have um, like outstanding food options, like really, really great food options. She said one of the key things is they can get packages delivered, which I don't know if that's the case in the NBA bubble or yeah, not. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. Yeah. But in the WNBA, they can. So they're like, it's been amazing the way like sponsors, you know, Megan Rapino is with Sue. And they have such incredible sponsor deals and stuff. But so, like, their sponsors have been like going like above and beyond supporting them. So they're getting all this like amazing stuff <laughs> sent oh, to them dope. in the mail. Yeah, they're in the bubble, but they feel safe. You know, they're being tested every single day, um, and uh, you know they still take precautions. But they have like excursions and stuff. You could golf. You could. There's a ton of biking around there. Um, I mean, and, that place is awesome. The the right? grounds. I mean, the the golf course is really nice. Super some nice golf courses around, but the golf course there is nice too. Yeah, like and and you think about it, like if you are you know going through a quarantine period ahead of time and then testing every day, it's easier to obviously avoid a whole breakout, you know. And so I I think from what I understand, they feel really good. I know there was like some stuff on social media the first day they went there with like a couple people who like saw like a laundry room that was dirty or whatever, but that got fixed right away. And I think, you know, from what I understand, 99% of everybody there is like, hey, this setup's, this is really good. And you know, one other thing, man, the women players are used to this sort of um, isolation, if you will, during season from playing overseas, uh, they're, yeah. a, they're a little more used to it because you go to Russia in the winter and, you know, you're not, it's not like you're going out doing things, you know, yeah, you're kind of go- You're locked you, in. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of going from your apartment. Maybe you're hanging out at the mall with a friend. That's it. And then, and then you're going to the games, you know? So I, I, I think they're, they're a little more apt to handle it. I mean, I'm praying we get through this baseball season, man. I'm praying we are, but man. It's, it, 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 it's, it feels dicey right now. It, it feels, feels dicey. super dicey, man. But I mean, you know, as uh, long as we got the NBA, <laughs> like, <I'm good. laughs> you need, you need some WNBA, sports, man. We'll have hockey. We got MLS and then Premier League and Champion League starting back up. So yeah, I'm not getting my hopes up too high about baseball. Oh, man. Well, see, um, we're stoked about this move. This is big for us, dude. And uh, our first episode... Of course, we were going to start with a with a stud. We get to with Max Scherzer, and I think that people may feel a little bit more optimistic about baseball situation after listening to Max. What do you think? Oh, they're going to definitely feel a lot more optimistic after listening to me and then hearing Max talk about it. And he's actually <laughs> playing, so <laughs> they will. He'll give, he'll give you people. He'll give the people some hope. So we we will remind you again at the end of the episode, but. Remember, it's a new feed, so we need you to subscribe to the new feed. We're now part of the Ringer Podcast Network, part of Spotify, so get the podcast on Spotify. For now, you can also get it wherever you get your podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, download the new R2C2. Our first episode on the new platform is with Max Scherzer. Take a listen to the three-time Cy Young Award winner. Thank you.
So, Max, we just dive in, all right, man? Okay. I don't know if you're a man who likes to curse, but on this program, you can. So, <laughs> but you, you know, I mean, see, I feel like we could just start with the craziness because Max, there's so many things we, we can get into about your career, but just like right now, you know, being in the middle of the pandemic season, what is, I mean, just what's the level of stress like? How much does it feel like normal baseball? What's it like just dealing with this right now? Um, you, you gotta be happy that you're playing baseball. Uh, there's challenges every single day. It seems like something new is coming up across the league that you have to try to engineer against, uh, that you have to try to figure out how you're going to solve it, how to keep everybody safe and try to respect the science of everything that's going down, uh, and how to best, uh, you know, keep adhering to protocols and what you have to do. Um, you know, here we are, you know, we have a Miami Marlins situation and we have to try to engineer around that and try to figure out. How much risk are we willing to take uh, before you're willing to play them again? And so, uh, you know, we're all trying to sit here and figure out the best way to handle that. Uh, and you never know. And as soon as you solve this problem, there's going to be 10 more problems that pop up uh, across the league. And so that's just the way this is going to happen for the 2020. So you might as well just keep a smile on your face uh, and just try to do the best you can to, to mitigate everything you can do. You know what's crazy is, Ryan, you said this like we're in the middle. We're not. We're like three games into this thing, dog. <laughs> we three games into this shit, and it's already like crazy. Like, I mean, Max, you guys haven't even traveled yet. Like, wh what do you think that's going to be like? Like, just getting on the road and, you know, like your routine, like things that you like to do. Like, it's going to be like traveling to some of these places like Atlanta, Tampa, Miami. Like, they're shut down. Like, I mean, how do you think that's going to work? Like, like what's going on? I, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, um, it, it's not going to be the normal life or the normal, you know, be able to go get some dinner and be able to go out for drinks or anything like that. No, you're, it's eat, sleep, baseball. But, you know, that's what we're signed up to do. Uh, I love to play baseball. I'd rather, I'd rather be playing baseball than not. Uh, so if I if that's what I have to do to be able to play, uh, that's what I got to do. Uh, all, and, and all of our teammates are on, on the same program with this. Uh, otherwise, we'd be sitting at home. Uh, but for me... Uh, I understand the risks. I understand what's going on here. I, I, I think we can engineer a way around this. And uh, if, if that's what it takes, that's what we're willing to do. You know what I love, see? Max has a great attitude about he this. He does. Yeah. I was just yeah, thinking. Yeah. Yeah. He's Max way better than me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> see? I, see? Uh, you yo, be freaking out, I'll be out, losing see? my shit right now. Yeah. I'll be losing yeah. it. Like, on everything, everybody. <laughs> like, supposed uh, to be playing in Philly and driving back to Yankee Stadium, now going to Baltimore, like, I would be absolutely freaking the fuck out. I promise you. <laughs> right, uh, and, and it'd be very—it's very easy to, but it's 2020. You can't. <laughs> the like fact it. you just gotta remember—you gotta be playing. We get to play baseball, so you gotta be happy. And for I, us as fans, though, like seeing it on TV, it looks kind of normal. You know what I'm saying? Until like they pan out, somebody hits a foul ball, but like they pump in the crowd noise, and like actually seeing you guys play—I mean, it's bringing some you know, some normalcy and some kind of relief back to the country. So it is good to see you guys out there. I just want everybody to be safe, you know? Yeah. Uh, being out there and actually playing, I mean, you get to feel the other team competing against you. So, I mean, when you when I'm standing on the mound, it, it's definitely a real real baseball game. And, you know, everything <laughs> – the, the game feels feels the same. Uh, but, yeah, when I've been sitting and watching in the stands, uh, it, that definitely doesn't <laughs> – <laughs> when you're watching it, uh, it, you're watching an empty ballpark. I mean, it, it doesn't even feel like the minor leagues because it, it almost feels like high school uh, or something like that because there's just nobody there. And that's just so 
I have never, I haven't sat in a stand since the minor leagues. Like I've been in the big leagues this whole time. So doing the chart, right? <laughs> the chart. Like, that, I'm like, where, where's the radar gun, the chart, but even then I can still sneak away to get some nachos in, even if Something. I was going to have the team do that. But, but like for you being out on the mound, like the intensity is the same, right? Like, cause I mean, when you're out on the mound, you don't hear the crowd anyway until it's like late in the game, big situation. I feel like the, the closers or like, the relievers that kind of feed off of that energy are going to have a tougher time than some of the starters. Yeah, uh, it, it's something that, uh, you know, that that's real, but it everybody knew that coming into this, into the season. Like, you knew when you were, you know, you, I was still training uh, to get ready for the season. Like, you knew, like, hey, we're not going to have fans. So, when it, you know, I, I'm throwing bullpens, like, realizing, like, no, this is exactly what the game's going to be like. <laughs> so, you've had this whole time to kind of mentally prepare to get ready for that, to know that, you're not going to have that type of energy. So you're going to have to mentally do it yourself. So I see, I see this as a whole mind game. Like it's a whole mind game to be able to make sure that when you, when you're on the mound, that you, no matter what such situation, you're not going to have a crowd noise to help, you know, give you that adrenaline. That's like, that's like a cheat code, to, you know, <laughs> now when you think about it, uh, I, I'd rather just take it as no, you have a mental challenge here. You know, your opponent's trying to beat you and then you got to come back <laughs> and try to match that type of intensity yourself. You have a really, I think, grounded uh, attitude about this, which is great to see, and I love it. Is that the prevailing attitude from your teammates in the clubhouse as well? Um, I feel like you got everybody across the spectrum. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's times where I, you know you really start second guessing like every decision you make, and uh, you know, are you making the right decisions? Um, and and honestly, doing all the union stuff and. and and being high up in the union and, and trying to make decisions that, for the game as for a whole and be a part of the committees that, you know, really are talking through the, you know, real nuts and bolts of this. Um, you have to just keep a, you know, level head on this and really think about it from a ton of different ways um, and really try to respect the science and, and try to figure out, you know, you, you're never going to, it's never going to be perfect. And then at what point are you acceptable with the risks? You know, when are, when are you finally comfortable that you, you've done everything you can uh, so that you can just go out there and play baseball and, you know, I think that's a challenge for everybody because everybody has, you know, their own risk tolerance of, of how they how they view uh, what's going on right now. And, you know, the hardest sometimes the hardest thing is that, you know, we might have some conversations with a couple players or, or staff members or union members or scientists with, you know, so many different ways. And, you know, where you're able to articulate some of these concerns um, and really try to and you end up kind of coming to a pretty cons good consensus of where uh, where you land. It's then relaying that to your teammates who, who might share where, you, where you're starting that whole process over of trying to explain that, even though you've just gone through, you know, maybe an hour-long conversation of trying to navigate every little uh, detail and you come up with one more little detail to try to, uh, you know, alleviate somebody else's concerns. So, uh, you know, that, I think that's the biggest challenge is making sure the communication, um, you know, from top down. Uh, you know, hearing from what MLB is saying to, you know, everything that we got to do and relaying that out to all the guys. Uh, so that everybody feels comfortable and understands what we're doing. Would you guys feel comfortable playing against the Marlins at this point in your home ballpark if you didn't have to go to Miami? Or is even that something that wouldn't feel comfortable at this point? Um, right now, the this, this situation's fluid. We're trying to, you know, you're trying to understand how bad of an outbreak they have. Um, at what point, you know, do you, do you feel comfortable that, how many, how many times do they have to test negative before you really feel comfortable that they've contained their their outbreak and that they've contained their spread, and also understanding, uh, you know, paying attention to the Phillies as well. How many days did the Phillies need to uh, test negative before you feel 
uh, comfortable that they didn't have a spread by playing the Marlins. And so when you start, you know, trying to answer those questions and just kind of let it day by day uh, kind of unfold, uh, you know, it seems like every day your your mindset kind of changes on these on these topics. You know, one day you're ready to rip through the world, and then the other day you, you completely calm down and you make clear decisions. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to say right now because uh, th- you know that happened on Sunday. Uh, where where you really think there's an outbreak, you know, where they really did have an outbreak. Um, so now here we are on Tuesday, two days later. You know, how many more times do they need to test negative before you really feel comfortable that they can, uh, you know, be in a clubhouse and really not spread to anybody else? And you know what's crazy? I saw that like uh, one of the clubhouse att- visiting guys in uh, Philly tested positive. So like, do we know it came like from the Marlins or did like it come from the Philly clubhouse? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like th- those are the things like I would want to know. Like. Is it safe to go to Philly? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, or did it come from the the Marlins team or the plane or whatever? Like something they did. Like that. That's the toughest thing is trying to figure out like where it actually started and and you know how to be safe like playing the teams going forward like that. You know? Yeah, I, I also think that this is where you kind of got you got to start reevaluating the protocols. Like, okay, so if you have this big of spread and everybody's wearing masks and you know. You, you, you thought we had a protocol to prevent this. Okay, so how, how does this happen? You start thinking, all right, this is an aerosol spread. Uh, do we need more air filters? Um, you know, you also hear, you know, I've read stuff where, you know, you start talking about, you know, you far UVC light. You know, do you, you, know, do you need to find a way to be able to disinfect, you know, areas like that? If, if this is aerosol-based, that, yeah, this is a major challenge, but it's also pretty fixable in the same time. So, are there ways that we can, uh, you know, up the ante here uh, in terms of, uh, you know, making sure that there's not a spread by any little thing that we can do? So, you know, how can we engineer around this? What are we going to be able to do to be able to prevent this in the future? You know, Max, I, I'm kind of like you with, uh, it seems like just reading all the different science about it. And, and mm-hmm. I know you're having access to these experts and trying to figure out and everything evolves, right? This is new. This is a new virus. So a lot of times people think like, oh, you know, this person is in this camp, this person is in this camp. And it's like, well, no, it's just evolving knowledge and you're learning as you go. Uh, and I'd imagine with that in mind, you having to sort of be as a part of the decision-making body as well, that's got to be a burden right now because not only are you a player in an unorthodox environment trying to still prepare and do his job while being safe, but you are also having to stay up on some level of the science, be in these communications with, you know, the varying bodies, the PA, the league, the scientists, the doctors, whatever, your teammates, and then decide, okay, yeah, this is the best path forward. What does that weight feel like right now to you to know you're kind of juggling this all at the same time? Um, I'm just glad I'm a baseball player because I think the game of baseball and having to pitch in the World Series and especially start game seven, that's a that's a lot more pressure. <laughs> that, that's a lot more pressure. Um, you know, that's everything. But I mean, in a different way, it's the same type of pressure. Uh, you got the weight of the game kind of on your shoulders. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I have taken on a lot of responsibility here and, you know, trying to lend, lend my voice and mind to help make decisions, you know, for the game, uh, best decisions for the players uh, and really try to, you know, think this through really really think about what's the smartest thing to do and um you know try and keep a calm cool head collected about it and so you know that that's the only way i can kind of describe it is say look you know the game of baseball's head you know has really taught me how to deal with pressure pretty well 
so that when I'm in, you know, where I am in the situation where we got such a magnitude uh, of a problem here, uh, to make sure that uh, you know you can handle it and make sure you th- come to the right conclusions. You know, you you mentioned Game Seven, so we can get off the COVID stuff and dive into the. Sound. So, so, no, so, hey, so it's good. Sure. I mean, they're live. I mean, yeah. th- this hey. is what the this is. What, I mean, I'm sure the fans all want to hear. Like, this, yeah, this is what's, what's real. going on right now? Yeah, for right. sure, for how, sure. How, how do we view it? How do we talk talk about it? Yeah, this is, this is how we talk about it. Yeah, no, they do. You're you're 100 right, Max, and I appreciate that that you get that because it's so relevant to them right now, especially with what you guys as a team are going through, about to face the Marlins and everything. But there, there's so many amazing moments from your career, you know, that C and I are excited to dive into. Like, sure. and just, just thinking about Game Seven, man, and you know, after you're, you know, you're scratched in Game Five. Now you're pitching Game Seven. You're pitching it on the road. And what, first of all, like you just mentioned, because I look at you and I think, I bet you that dude, you know, is he really feeling nervous? I don't know. I, th- I think he probably like doesn't. <laughs> but you just said, no, 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 you do. What was the combination like of nerves and where you were at health wise as you were getting ready for that game seven start? Uh, we'll start with the health. Um, I, this is the thing. Everybody, I mean, I know I got when I woke up on game five. Don't get me wrong. I couldn't move my neck. I, I, I couldn't even dress myself. I was, I was in a really bad uh, spot. You know, we had mm. done some treatment on during game four uh, that really backfired uh, so that, you know, what was supposed to be a good clean bill of health on game five, game five, you know, backfired and it had me where I couldn't even move. Oh. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously I, I've had these neck thing, little neck spasms before. Um, and I know they take about, you know, it, you know, two, three days to really work through. And, and when you start talking about getting a cortisone shot, you know, that, that can really, those, those things work. So, uh, you know, I understand what, what the reason. <laughs> yeah, we, it's easy to laugh because you know. Yeah, we yeah. know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> We've all had them. We, we all have that barking injury that, man, you get a close on shot. That works. Um, so, uh, you know, when they start understanding that, hey, this, you have a pinched nerve, you know, we need to calm the nerve down, the cortisone shot, that should really help. Um, you know, I really, in my history of having cortisone shots, you know, Man, but after 48 hours, you start feeling pretty good, and you start thinking you can get back out there, and that's that's been the history of what I've when I've dealt with those. So I I knew, um, you know, that if if this is what we're, you know exactly what we're thinking here, that we can calm nerve down, get you know get get adjusted, that you start doing the math. If I miss game five, okay, we have an off day. Then by game six, you know, you sh- you should start feeling pretty good by game six. And, and that was the case. I went out and played catch and by game six, I actually was in the pen. Um, you know, I was actually, there was a scenario where um, I was actually going to come in the game, but Strauss, <laughs> you know, he went out and just dealt in game six. Dealt, and, and yeah. Then by game seven, I mean, I felt good by game seven. Um, you know, when I actually took the mound, uh, you know, that, that, that I was really not in any pain whatsoever uh, in game seven. It was the other days where I was in a ton of pain. So, um, actually getting onto the mound uh, for that start, uh, you know, it was, there was just a 48-hour window there, there that was awful. Um, but actually getting out there, it was the weirdest feeling because, you know, I, I had so much belief in that team that we we had done everything to be, that we were going to win. I, I don't know how to describe it uh, other than that, that kind of all the nerves, all the fear of failure, everything about it, the magnitude, it's Game 7 of the World Series, you know, just the – intense amount of pressure that it almost went away because just how everything had transpired, how our whole season had to happen and that 
you know, how we won all these games that we just believed that we were going to win. And I, I really believe when I took the mound that we were going to win that day. Like I'm just going to be a part, like I'm just going to go out there and do my job. No matter what happens, we're going to find a way to win. And that was just kind of our whole team atmosphere, whole team culture at that point from where we had battled from to how we got into the playoffs to, you know, all the comeback wins and all those elimination games, you know, so many different times where we could have been, you know, out of, out of those games and we just found a way to keep coming back. And, uh, Game seven was the epitome of that. Uh, we had laid on the line, found a, you know, Granky, Granky was pitching great, uh, and just found a way to chip away at him and, you know, just find a way to sneak it through. And then, you know, how he comes up big and hits a game winning home run. Yeah, that was big. But like, I feel like the, the nerves is, is only up until game time. Like, you know, waking up that morning, you get a little nervous, you know, you get to the stadium. Like, by the time I always, like, any elimination game I ever started, by the time I got to the stadium, I felt fine. I'm like, why the fuck am I nervous? Like, we like we're gonna go out and win this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just it's just crazy. Like how your mind, like how you could just trick yourself into thinking like, you know, something else could happen when when you go out there and you, and you see your teammates and you start believing in your you know the organization, everything that you went through. You start thinking back and you're like, nah, we got this. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 a, it's a crazy thing. Yeah, I've been on both sides of that coin. Uh, where you go in and <laughs> where you win it and you lose it. Um, yeah, I, you just sometimes in those elimination games, you 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 find you're just digging down even deeper and give such an effort sometimes uh, that you didn't even know that you could you could really you know tap into. Um, I know it was one of those games. Uh, you know, we lost against the Dodgers. I got to start Game Five in the NLDS, mm-hmm. and even though we lost that game, I mean, I just reflect upon the effort, like I feel like I was I, I I evolved as a pitcher. Like I could actually give that type of actual effort and pitch that type of way. You know, for that, you know, for that many pitches, um, like I, I kind of like proved myself, proved something to myself that no, I could do that. You know, I, I can do that. Uh, and so, you know, that that's a great thing about baseball. They, you know, the, the far the more you continue to play, you get exposed to these type of situations. It exposes you to such a, you know, it's a make or break situation. You find out whether you which do you rise to that occasion. You know, what, yeah. how do you handle those type of situations? And you learn from it and move on. Try to take whether you win or lose. You know, take something from that. So that the next time when you're in one of those situations, you, you've learned from it. You know what you, you know, like. You know what your body can do. You know what's going to happen, um, so that you can continue to pitch well. For sure, being a starter too, like you take those those losses in those big games, like you learn from them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like every single one of them, whether it's playoffs or you know a big start during the season, like you can always take that experience and be like, okay, this is how I felt. Like let me change something up, or no, let me keep digging deeper and keep going because I know I can give this effort. And actually go out and pitch well and and help this team win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's how many times? Did you, I mean, I know I have, but <laughs> you give up a home run, you're like, man, I, I that's a situation. A game said I shouldn't be throwing a fastball in this situation. Going <laughs> off key, like you come up with all these little checks of you know, hey, this guy hit my, you know, he fouled off this slider. Why would I ever throw him another slider? You know, you, you kind of come up with those checks uh, and and kind of come up with new instincts. Uh, from your failures. So, I mean, at least that's how I see it. <laughs> For sure. You, you, in that game seven, Max, I mean, you grinded, man. You, you That was a gritty performance. You hold the Astros to two runs over five innings. And you could tell, I mean, any they had guys on. You constantly found a way to navigate through it. What were you kind of pulling towards mentally? Or, or what was the strategy? How were you able to guide yourself through that moment to limit the damage and keep you guys in a position to come back and win that game late. 
man, just limit the damage and you're always one pitch away from greatness. Um, <laughs> I, that's one of uh, Mike Maddox's uh, quotes. I, I always <laughs> like and, and sometimes you got to tell yourself that on the mound. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're on two outs and you, know, you feel like you're, you know, you're really going up against a you know, good hitting team or something like that. You're kind of in this, you kind of forget sometimes that you're one pitch away from greatness. You're one pitch away from getting out of this. You know, just execute this one pitch one more time and you're going to be out of this. You're going to, you're going to find a way to do this. And so, um, you know, I, I guess that, you know, you know, that's just the kind of mentality. And plus the, the mentality just, we had the, the way we were playing. That, that's just kind of how we were all playing together. And so, uh, you're just going to absolutely lay on the line. So game seven was no different than how we were really playing. Mad Dog got a good way of of, of uh, calming your nerves, right? Like he's great <laughs> out there. Yeah, <laughs> comes out, puts his hand on your shoulder, like. Oh, he does not. No, 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 he does not put my hand. You don't, you don't we, let we, him we touch you. <laughs> we had that conversation. We said, "All right, you, you know, I know you." I don't need you to come talk to me, but if you do, do not put your hand on my shoulder. Oh, uh, man, he sometimes <laughs> he used to come out there and, like, double on the double hands, like, give me, just give me a hug, then, dog. <laughs> no, 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 I don't need that. I don't need that. I, I get why you're out here. I get why you're out here. I'm not going to follow Max, what, I mean, so, like, what? what's the communication like with you during a start? Because you're an intense dude. You appear to be a very intense dude on the days mm-hmm. you pitch. What do you, I mean, you obviously, you don't want your pitching coach touching you clearly. So what do you, what do you, what do you need to, what, what do you need to hear? And what do you not want to hear from either pitching coach, catcher, teammates on the days you're pitching? Um, I'm just, I'm locked in. So I, I only want to talk about pitching. Um, if there's anything that's relevant to the game or anything that's going on, anything that I'm doing, anything that the hitter's doing, anything that's relevant, any type of information, you know, like let's talk about it. Um, and I don't want to really talk about anything else because I know I, I've, I've found myself where I've caught it, you know, where you get caught up into the, if you get caught up in the offense and that, I found this is one thing that I always where let's, you know, th- this was a situation where I was pitching Detroit um, where, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just spitballing here, but you know, I've, I've thrown five innings and you only given up, you know, one run, let's just call it something like that. Um, and then the offense goes nuts and, you know, they've scored like eight runs and, you know, you're in the dugout with them, almost high fiving them, and, and really, you know, they're watching their at bats, and, and you're, you're, you know, they're they're really feeling themselves, and you're ha- you're having fun with it, and you kind of let your guard down, and, and you're enjoying the offense, and you kind of you kind of let yourself forget about pitching, and you think the game's over because now it's a blowout, um, and you know, you go out there, and I remember I went out there for the sixth inning, uh, you know, kind of blowout loss, and all of a sudden you walk the first hitter, and the next guy gets a hit. And then one more pitch, boom, it's a three-run shot, and then now it's 8-4. It's back to a ball game, all because you just slipped up and quit thinking about your job for just that, you know, short period of time. And just that quick of time back down on the mound, you know, you've cost yourself a team. So, um, you know, for me, that's when I really – after that, like, I mean, I threw my glove. I did a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really mad after that start. Uh, because I felt like, you know, that I, it was self-inflicted, that there was no reason for me to sit here and worry about the offense, that there's no reason for me to sit there and let my guard down um, and turn off that light switch. Like, no, stay in the moment. Like, let them have their fun. You know, I'll come celebrate with you guys once I'm done pitching. But when I'm pitching, there's nothing besides pitching. Oh, I love that intensity. See, speaking of intensity, I know you want to ask Max about – his bullpens and throwing them in full uniform, man. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely seen you go out in full uniform. You got the boom box out there. Like, <laughs> how, did, how did all that start? How did I, how'd you start doing that? Um, well, the full uniform, how that really started was, 
the old majestic had used to have like BP jerseys. Yeah. Uh, and so I used to, you know, you'd always throw your bullpen and just, you know, pants and a BP jersey. And so that was like the most comfortable thing. Um, and then all of a sudden they got rid of those BP jerseys. And I was like throwing in like some type of jersey, not just like a dry fit. Uh, I just felt like that you, you just feel different when you have like a uniform on. And so there were, there wasn't like, I tried, you know, different things that you could, you know, like different pullovers or different stuff like that. It, it didn't feel the same as a jersey. So finally I just said, screw it. Let's just go with a full jersey, full uni. <laughs> full. <laughs> it's more because it's a lack of a BP jersey. If there was a BP jersey, I'd wear. I preferred that over the actual jersey, but it works still in the in the bullpen. Um, as for the music, um, what happened with that was uh, when I was in Detroit, one of our bullpen coaches. Uh, it was a day game, and he mi- he missed my, missed. Uh, he didn't show up for the bullpen. And, <laughs> And uh, I won't tell the reason on air, but it it was a couple of those. It it, it really wasn't a valid reason. It really wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I said, the next time I throw a bullpen, you better make sure that there's a reason that you you better make up for what you just did. And so the next time I threw a bullpen, he he had a boombox out there and made sure we had some fun with it and and (laughs) had a great start after that. And it stuck. And then it's gone sideways after that. (laughs) <laughs> wow. <laughs> so forevermore now you got the boom box when you're throwing. Yeah. That that is awesome. How about Max? You know, you're obviously, I mean, you're one of the game's most accomplished pitchers. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame. What's the best advice you've ever gotten when it comes to pitching that you that you still think about when it comes to your foundations of pitching? Um, it's tough to always narrow that down to one. Uh, because there's so many different things. There's so many different. There's so many different situations you come across where, it, you know, all these different situations. You know, somebody's helped. Get, you know, you know, kind of explain why you fell in that situation. You check yourself into, you know, the, the next situation of you know which gonna make you successful. I mean, uh, actually, one of my uh, how I really felt like I really you know took a stride forward was actually having conversations with Octavio Dotel, um, reliever. Really taught me some good tips on. I'm not going to go into them because I still think I use still them. Still relevant, right? <laughs> still relevant. Um, but you know, like how to pitch with your fastball, how to pitch with your off-speed stuff. Um, you know, d- having catchers. Uh, all the catchers I've, I've caught through. Um, you know, in Detroit with Avila, Laird, uh, to here with uh, Buffalo, uh, Ramos. Um, you know, with Weeders and Suzuki and Go- and Gomes uh, and Lobaton, like every, every one of those guys have had an impact on, on different things that we've seen and given me like different tips on what, you know, how to, how to handle stuff. I mean, I can go to pitching coaches to say, you know, Jeff Jones was a guy who got me to learn how to throw a curveball. You know, it was kind of by accident, you know, trying to throw a backdoor slider. And he said, just throw it slower. And I did. And all of a sudden I had a curveball. And so, <laughs> wow. you know, and so it, it, it's always tough to narrow it down to one because there's so many people that have had, um, uh, you know, where I can really say like, Hey, you really helped, help push me forward, uh, in some ways. That's, that's awesome. Like, but, uh, having those conversations with those older players, but Dotel, who else you think like older pitchers that you were around that, that you think those conversations like, like really helped. Cause I know being around Andy, Mo, like Mo taught me to cut her. Andy taught me damn near everything I knew <laughs> as a Yankee. So, uh, like who, who yeah, are some of those other guys? Great. I had two of the greatest. You got to get to New York and just learn a cutter. Like, that would be the world. Right? Or at an all-star game. He taught it to Roy at an all-star game, bro. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, another 
he's still a teammate, uh, Anibal Sanchez. He's a great pitching mind. Uh, the way he can throw a changeup, the way he can change speeds on a changeup. Uh, you know, I love pitching with him in Detroit. Now I get to pitch with him again. Uh, the way he sees the game, uh, you know, he sees it in a little bit different way than I do. And, and that's a great check. Like, the, you know, the, watch somebody else pitch completely different the way I do. Um, and respect, and that's the way, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat and to watch the way he does it. Uh, he has such a good mind uh, of being able to see it. And plus, you know, the history that we have together, um, you know, he really understands how I, how, what my game is and I understand what his game is. So we're really, really good about giving feedback. Um, you know, there in Detroit, uh, you know, Porcello was great about that as well. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I can even go back to when I was, you know, came up with Arizona when, you know, you have Rand, I'm, you know, I came up with Randy Johnson, you know, Brandon Webb, Dan Heron, Doug Davis. Uh, you know, I, I've always been a part of great rotation, so I've always been spoiled to have you know that type of knowledge and guys you know, help me out. You ever look back on those Detroit rotations, Max, and and say like, how did we not win the World Series? Like that rotation was filthy. Yeah. I know. I, I, we all we all kick ourselves over that. Um, <laughs> you know, the talent we had on those Detroit teams uh, was outstanding. Uh, you know, we really think we we could beat everybody in the league. Um, you know, we just never were able to put, push through, and I, that just shows you how hard it is to win the World Series. It, it's not an easy thing to do uh, with baseball because uh, any little thing can you know you know zap, zap your mojo and, and you're bounced out. And you know, it happened in Detroit. It's happened here in Washington. Um, you know, it just took us you know find the right mojo to be able to find a way to push through and and actually win it all. You got three Cy Youngs, man. I mean, where, where do you three? I mean, that's <laughs> that's a lot. You got a twenty strikeout game. You got a couple no hitters. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But where do you keep the three Cy Youngs? Are they front and side? You walk in the house, bam, they're right there. Where are they? Uh, no, I, I have them uh, downstairs, and I have them uh, all three above my a TV. So, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it, it's I got a pretty good. It's, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to be able to go down there and see those every now and then. So, <laughs> yeah, just to yeah, remind yourself, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are always cool to look at. See, where do you keep yours, man? You, you, you have your side from uh from '07, right? It's in here somewhere. It's in this room. I'm in the, I'm in the office. It's in this office well, somewhere. What, what do you mean somewhere? You gotta yeah, keep I, that I mean, from. There's a lot of shit in here. <laughs> <laughs> I got Ma Max. Do you ever look at them and you say like, "Yo, I mean, I won three Cy Youngs. Like that's crazy." Yeah, but you want to win the World Series. So my question to Cece is, where do you keep that World Series jersey? Man, I got I still got I got my jersey, cleats, and my glove from the world for my World Series. And right. I would give I would give my Cy Young back to Josh Beckett if he gave me the World Series from 07. 100%. 1,000%. You can have this bitch back. You can have we that. I want the ring. We should have won in 07, too, with the Indians. <laughs> yep. yeah. uh, so, so you guys win that World Series last year. It happens. But, you know, midway through the season, I mean, you guys are uh, – you're really struggling. You're several games under 500. And I know around here and see, you remember these conversations. Everybody in New York is saying, yo, Yankees need a starter. They should try and go trade for Max Scherzer. Listen, right, at the All-Star game, I'm talking to Max about, let, yo, <laughs> let, like, let's go. Wait, that no trade. Like. <laughs> so, I know. I, I saw the All-Star game. And, at you know, the All-Star like, game. We, we really weren't playing good baseball. We, we had gone into break frame better, but like, hey, if this happened, I mean, like, you never know. I mean, crazier things have happened. I'm seeing Cece like, if this happens, this happens. But yeah. isn't that funny? You know, we go from thinking about I'm going to get traded to no, we find a way to pull it all together and win the World Series. So it shows you how crazy baseball is sometimes. That you know, sometimes you're never as bad as you think you are, and you're never as good as you think you are. So um, 
it's a humbling experience on both ends. Did, did you, in your mind, did you at any point start to entertain the idea of maybe I would be better off someplace else competing, you know, this year moving forward because of where you guys were and knowing that people were like CC were like, Hey, come on board. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it, we're humans. You, when you hear the rumors, you hear the rumors. I mean, it's just part part of the game, part of dealing with it, and you got to deal with it, process it, and go back. I got there and pitch. Um, you know, there wasn't anything I was going to be able to do to control it. Uh, so for me, you know, as, as frustrating as we were playing at the time, um, you know, we also knew that hey, if we 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 went into the break and into that all star break, winning I think like twelve or thirteen or something, you know, something. We really we played some teams that we should beat and we beat them and we were starting to play good baseball and we were starting to get our, claw our way back into it um, and I actually thought we had a real chance to actually go take down the Braves uh, and there I, I kicked myself because that's when I I got hurt there was a couple starts I wanted against the Braves that um, you know I really thought if you know we beat them we really get we pull within a game or two um, but, but credit to them I mean the, the Braves were a great team and, and they went on. And, to take the division and right and right so the way they played. Um, but you know, once you, once we start calling back into it, then we started playing good baseball. Then we started doing all the little things right. And, you know, we really started catching the mojo and it shows you, it, 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 it can take a little bit, but once you get it going that it, it sometimes it's hard to stop. And that, that's kind of what happened to us. But, but like you said, we are human. And I understand like, like in 16, you know, we traded everybody and I'm sitting there like, yo, I'm like, I'm 36 years old at the time. Like, I'm not trying to go through a rebuild. Like, like let me maybe move on, too. You know what I'm saying? I hate to say that because I love being a Yankee. I love playing in New York. My family loves it here. Um, but it's just only, like, when you get to a certain point in your career, like, you just, you want to win. And that's it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And wherever that happens, it happens. And, and you know, I was in the same boat in 16 where I was like, man, like, I don't know what the hell am I I'm, I'm doing here. And then Gary came up and hit 30 homers in 15 games and <laughs> the rebuild was over. Like, it just, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes the shit works out. So I'm glad it worked out there for you because I know you love it there and, you know, would love to end your career there. Yeah. Uh, I think you speak to the human nature of it, but the human nature is that you want to win. Uh, and sometimes you, you always think that, um, you know, you know how, how am I going to win? How are we going to win as a team? You know, what's it, what's it look like? Um, you know, and you've won more multiple hats, and so have I. And you understand the process and the business of the game, so you never know how that's going to happen because there's just times. I don't. I mean, it's happened for me where you just wake up and hey, you've been traded. Like, how did it, you know? Like, I've been traded. How did that happen? Like, it just <laughs> no, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to leave right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Uh, you know, you have to, you know, sometimes you almost have to prepare yourself for that, uh, of what that's going to be like if that, if you ever got that phone call. So, um, so you're not just, you know, wait, I, you know, I'm gone, gone, gone. And so, um, you know, but that, that's, that's what happens when you want to win. I mean, if you, yeah. you're going to be, if you're a winning player, you're going to be moving to winning teams and, and that's just the way the game works. It's almost, it's almost easier to get traded and have those you know, those trials and shit when you're younger. You know what I'm saying? Or or whether you go through an arbitration and have a fight with the club or, you know, you get traded. So, like, you know that this is a business. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all get touched by that at some point. And it didn't happen to me until I was seven years into the big leagues. I'm thinking I'm being Cleveland my whole career, not going anywhere. They love me. And then, boom, I get traded. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, like this is, like, really a business. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's it's better to get those lessons earlier, man, and the better off you'll be in your career. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about your situation, I mean, I remember watching that where you get traded to Milwaukee and it's your free agent walk year of everything, of all the pressure, and and then going into free agency and and, and watch, watching your, your situation unfold. Uh, you know, I had similar situations where, look, you know, you know, coming in, you know, hey, you have you're going to have situations where you're going to make decisions in terms of arbitration to where you're going to be at with free agency, um, and and you have to be able to deal with that. You have to be able to process that, and that to me it almost makes you kind of a better pitcher because if you can deal with that, you can deal with the off the field stuff, um, and when you really start getting some big time you know money going around, you know that can you know play with your mind as well. But you really have to focus on what you can control and just kind of let those zeros you know fall by the wayside and realize why you play the game. It, what was amazing about that with you too, Max, is like it was very public that you had turned down this big extension to go towards free agency, bet on yourself, and then it worked out. But that has to take a certain level of you know mental stability and confidence to be able to go through that and not be questioning. Wait, should I have taken that money? Like, uh, what what am I doing? Yeah, I would say the 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 reason I was able to kind of mentally keep that together is because I had that insurance policy. Um, you know, it really insured a lot of that contract. So to me, the decision you know wasn't as as large as as the numbers were per, you know, perceived. Um, so that to me, it was a much smaller number that I was whether you know for me to sign it or not sign it. Um, I'd really shrink that number down in case of any injury, and so. Uh, the reason why that was that's so important because I mean there was a time and I remember that in that August where you know <laughs> your arm is kind of hanging and my you know, arm <laughs> is kind of barking and yeah. you know, like we're we're three games back or you know something like that and like you got a pitch and you know when you got you know a free agent contract on the line you know should you be taking the mound and I took the mound knowing that look I this is what I signed up for this is this is who I am I take the mound in these situations and. You know, might not be at my best, and you know, I've taken every precaution from an insurance standpoint to make sure that if if something bad were to happen, that you know, I I haven't just completely ruined my free agency in any which way. That um, you know, I, I I believe I can pitch through this, and I believe I can do this, but you know, that can play mind tricks on you as well. But the reason I don't feel like it got sideways on me is because of that insurance policy, because I didn't feel like I was going to go down to you know, net zero. I, I had really raised the bar enough to really mitigate that. Max, we're going to have to get you on again sometime, man. This has been terrific. Awesome (laughs) talking with you. Long admirer of your work. um, And uh, enjoy um, and good luck navigating this season. But uh, I greatly admire your disposition about it all. And and you you know what? (laughs) See, Max has brought some peace to me about the whole situation today and what's going on with this season. Yeah, I really admire the the way he's going about (laughs) it, man. I mean, but like you said, there's no other way to go about it, but just with a smile and just keep moving, right? Yep, that's a good way to say it. So, hey, appreciate appreciate you guys having me on. So, yeah, if we ever want to do it again, let me know. All right, sure. thank you, Max. We appreciate right. you, man. Good luck, right, bro. All right, see, what do you think? You feel a little more optimistic about the baseball season after listening to Max? I am happy for him that he's in a good mood <laughs> and, and optimistic about it, but they still canceled the whole team season, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. So, you know, uh, they just going to keep eliminating teams till we get down to a few like the NBA. Like, we end up with 18 teams, and then everybody makes the playoffs. Whoever's not sick makes the playoffs. <laughs> do, you think, what, do you think they could have done, like, a bubble with, like, if you if you told fans, like, all right, we're just going to take the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, the Red Sox, 
the Rays, the Cardinals, the Bru- Like, if you were to take it, like, no, 12 teams. You, you only, you couldn't have done that because we never started. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we would have yeah. started and then you had some standings, then you could have took, you know, like well, how yeah. the NBA did it. But you can't just single out teams, you know, <laughs> without without starting. But but the, be- the better thing would have been to try to find a bubble situation. You know? Oh, I know. Dude, you know what's funny is now New York, I wonder, like, with the way the virus has been under control here, you wonder if that would have been, like, you know, an option had they foresaw what it would have been months from now. But in fairness to baseball as well, like, y- you didn't, when you were, like, making these plans, you didn't think at that time that the virus was going to be so out of control in those places where it had not, you know, Duh, I kept telling you that it was going to go crazy in Florida. (laughs) I kept telling y'all that, like, these people are outside in Florida. Uh, This virus is around. That shit is coming down there, dog. Like, uh, it was was inevitable. Especially because up here, we were, like, we saw, like, we were all affected by it. Like, we all knew somebody, you know, that had it or, you know, a a friend of somebody or somebody that passed away. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we took it serious up here. Hence why it's not as bad now, you know? Yeah. but we still need to continue to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not out of out of this thing. So, you know, we we still need to continue to to, you know, be safe and take those measures and, you know, if that means that it ain't be, it won't be no baseball season, it just has to be so that we have one next summer. You know what I'm saying? Give me that vaccine, man. Come on. Let's get that vaccine so we can I'll get back you, you can You can get it first, and then you let me know how it is I, like a I year will, from man. now. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I, it goes through enough regulations, multiple countries. I'm in, man. I need... I want to be back, like, uh, traveling. You're, you're ready to get life. to traveling, too, huh? Yeah. I am, I, you know? Remember... That's where I'm at. I'm going crazy. I need to trip, bro. This is the longest I've never... I haven't. I miss my mom so much, because I haven't seen my yeah. mom since January, and this is the longest I haven't been on a plane in, in 20 years. Sweet. You haven't seen your mom in oh. over six months? I haven't seen my mom in six months, bro. I'm, I'm, this is the longest I've never, you know, I have, I've been without her. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, we've never been apart this, this long. So that's taking a toll on me and my family. Like, my kids are ready to, you know. Yeah. Is there any chance you could you could fly her here and and would she do that maybe or yeah I mean we've been we've been playing with that but you know her husband's there and stuff so like yeah and it's it's shut down there and my aunt's there so she take she takes care of a lot of people there so um you know it just makes it tough but Auntie Glow Auntie Glow she she can't leave uh, Glow. Auntie Glow. You know what? I love Glow. Glow Glow was she was she was all excited about the move to the ringer and Spotify for us. I was like Yes. She was the yes, first one Auntie to comment Glow. on R2C2 page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, look at Auntie Glow all over Instagram, man. Oh, yeah, I loved she's it, all man. about it. She's all I about love it. it. We should remind people that too. Like, follow us on Twitter. We have an R2C2 account. Follow us on Instagram, R2C2 account R2C2. there. Yeah. And uh, and now you got to, you know, I know you guys, it's the third feed, right? So it seems ridiculous for our loyal followers from the beginning, but there's a new feed for our podcast. So you got to subscribe to the new feed of R2C2. The the Spotify feed, or you, you can get it wherever you get your podcast. But now we are part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Need you guys to subscribe to the new uh, the new R2C2. And you know what? Max was was a great way to start things off, man. He was, man. And, and like, you know, we talked about guys going, he can stop right now. He's going to the Hall of Fame. So uh, he's a good dude. You know, he's a friend of mine. So it was, uh, it, was, it was awesome to have him on. All right, see, we're back in business, baby. New episodes every Thursday. And you know what? We're going to be sprinkling in bonus episodes as well. You ready for this? 
Yes, sir. Back to work. Let's do it. All right. You guys all remember to rate, review, subscribe to the third chapter of R2C2. It's going to be the best one yet. 